Welcome and thank you for tuning in to Modern Aged Middle Life, a podcast brought to you by Emily Baum and Graham Jarvis, comedy writers addressing modern day confusions for the middle aged. So today, 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 I thought we might talk about gardening, that very popular sport. So I think modern age middle life people will really, really get the idea of gardening. Middle age spreading around your garden, yeah. trying to pretend to be Titchmarsh, yes, pootling, trying to learn what your perennials from your ponsettiers is. <laughs> They're probably out there now, even in the rain. Yeah. They're out there pottering, digging up things, replanting things, shredding things, strimmering things. You know a lot about this. I can tell by these words you're coming out with. Are you a keen gardener? Um, do you know what? If you'd asked me that... I did. I, well, you and your trick questions. Part of me would say no, but actually, if I'm being very honest, I'm out of the garden a lot. So I don't know, like, the names of plants or the Latin for things or what it is I've just hacked back. For you haven't named your plants? How well, terrible. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, Tommy, Tommy round the back, my favourite <laughs> plant, he loves it. I swear, whenever I walk down the path... He leans towards me and I tickle just under his he petals and does. Tommy sort of like, oh, I'm sure he makes a little what noise. Is, what is Tommy? Is he a Venus flytrap? Is that why he leans towards you? Lunch. <laughs> 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 well, like you, I don't know the names. You do. You're a bit more, you know some of the Latin, don't you? You're quite well educated. Because I said about when we first moved here, I think I mentioned this before, didn't I? How cottony stuff. You did. Yeah. And discovered it was Cotoniaster. So Yeah, we used to go around the garden centres to learn the language. That's why I now call them names like Tommy. <laughs> See, I'm not the sort of person that would walk round a RHS site and read the Latin names on plants. I'm the one that sort of walks around and is screaming, oh, for God's sake, put that down. Don't lick that. Don't eat that to uh, <laughs> other family members that I'm with. <laughs> it's funny you should mention RHS because a friend of mine said, should we meet down by the fields and said RHS is only a five minute walk away. And myself and someone else said, no, the RHS Wisley is about three miles. So it's a lot more than a five minute walk away. And he said, no, I mean the right hand side. So in this area, anybody says <laughs> RHS, you think RHS. H.S. Wisley. Royal Horticultural Society. <laughs> a place where they have furrowed brows and dig deep. Yes. <laughs> You've been to Wisley a lot, haven't you? Is this a trick question? Are they looking for someone? Yes. Did someone steal their Tommies? <laughs> no, but they do have a terrible trouble with lots of older people. Do they? Taking cuttings, cuttings and clippings. No. They I, do. There's I, a black market in clippings. I knew a woman that used to always take clippings from people's really? gardens when? and things. No, she would she would stop at a garden. I once saw her, I was with her and I said, oh, isn't that a lovely plant? She said, well, let's take a cutting. I said, you can't do that. That's someone's yes. garden. And she went in. No, and she said, they do that. They do that. This is the dark side of gardeners. Was that the bark side or the dark? <laughs> I couldn't quite over this <laughs> distance hearing. There is a whole series of underground women <laughs> with uh, knitted handbags that have, they have little secateurs hidden away, ready, poised like ninjas, like garden anarchists, ready to trim off something. A knitted secateur sack. My goodness. <laughs> That's another product. You should go on Indiegogo with that. <laughs> I bet you it's on Etsy already. I have no doubt. I'm personally not interested. There are but... people that take cereal clippings. <laughs>
<laughs> what, what with the bran flakes and things, that sort of cereal <laughs> clipping. Yeah. Oh, it's too much for me. Let me just take a bit off the edge of that. But it's free plants, isn't it? They've probably got their own garden centre. It's supposed to be really good for you, really healthy, bit of gardening. But then when there's this lockdown, they say, please don't do gardening because you might end up in A&E and we can't take the strain. What type of gardening are you going to be doing that takes you to A&E? I mean, is there extreme gardening? Yeah. Is there some sort of force to be reckoned with? Well, if you haven't done your O-level in how to use a spade. <laughs> done your O-level. <laughs> I've got an NVQ in fork action. Oh, somebody told me you didn't. Somebody told me you had an NVQ. <laughs> As a comedian, you were really envious of people who could hit their cue spots. So what type of garden injuries are people doing, extreme garden injuring? Well, there's the classic joke, isn't there, where they leave the rake fork side up and they just go into it and smack themselves on the forehead. In the old days, people used to say, oh, let's have a laugh at a man getting severely brain damaged. Times have moved on. You don't laugh at that sort of thing Times anymore. Times have moved on. We're much more highbrow now. Unless they're dead, we don't even chuckle. No. <laughs> I don't know what injuries you would do. Yes, you've got the rakes and you might shove something in your foot. Usually it's doing your back in, isn't it? They don't bend over properly. They don't <laughs> They don't bend over properly. Oh. I beg your pardon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they... <laughs> I can just see it now. People shouting at each other in the garden. More. Maureen. Maureen, you're not bending properly, love. We have talked about this. She just stood up straight and she can't work how she's not getting to the ground. <laughs> or listening to your neighbour, don't bend over, squat. And you think I'm not looking. <laughs> I'm not looking. <laughs> now is not the time to be inquisitive. And what about gardeners who make sure when they have a fence put up around their garden for privacy, but insist on having a knot hole or two to peep through? What about that type? Isn't there a gag around gardeners taking a fence? Or is that fences? There is definitely a gag about that. I think you're thinking of the current trend in wearing masks as opposed to a gag. They're not trying to shut them up. They're just trying to stop them breathing COVID-19 over everybody. What gardeners do you know that have fences put up and have knot holes so they can look through it? Because that sounds like you're talking from personal experience. <laughs> <laughs> I am not. Oh, as an experienced peeping Tom. So what it's... type of gardening do you like to do? Weeding. Really? Yeah. That's the worst. No, it's That's not. That's when you injure yourself with a bad back. No, you don't. You just sit on the grass, look around yourself in the lawn and think, oh, there's a nice weed. I'll just take that out. Oh, I'll just put, oh, that clover. How carefully can I do it? Oh, look how long this clover. And you pull up a whole plant and it feels great. Really? So it's weeding, I think, because you're not using horrible chemicals, so you're not poisoning insects and therefore birds. Do you garden drunk? Is that why you're so mellow about it? It's a good idea. <laughs> I was astonished at this. There's two cases of gardening. My brother, every year, had the most perfect plants at Christmas time. You know, those red plants. Ponsettier, original Mexico. I used to, Mexico. Call, I used to call them Tommy. <laughs> to try and make sure none of the plants were jealous, I'd just generally call them all Tommy. And uh, I said, how do you do this? Because for about three years, I'd tried to perfect getting the poinsettia to look perfect as his did. And he said, oh, we just throw them out in January and buy a new one, as if I was a complete div. Did you not realise those are one of the hardest plants to keep alive? Just recently, Jill was chatting to someone and said, your garden is always so nice. How do you keep these plants like that? Because in our garden, things are sort of a bit bent over and things. She said, well, I just restock. Every year, I just buy loads of plants and put them in, and ones that are fading, I get rid of. And you're like, oh. But that's what's been happening over lockdown, because you can only get to the likes of garden centres and supermarkets. They've just been buying 
buying shed loads of plants. My dad has just taken a massive delivery of plants. He's not got enough borders to plant them in. So all that happens is they just shrivel up and die in his front drive. It's quite depressing. I couldn't be doing that. I like to, if I've got a plant, just try and keep it from one season to the next. Well, yeah. I think if you're planting, you're planting for life. Yeah. Plant is for life, not just for Christmas. <laughs> I'll tell my brother that. Breaking news this week. I uh, treated myself to a rhododendron because I was looking to pass some of the time in a social distancing experience. And garden centres are brilliant for wasting time, isn't it? You can pot around a garden centre for hours. You know, it's very relaxing soothing, you're pottering around, you're finding all sorts of nonsense you have no real need for. Occasionally stopping a gardening assistant as I'm about to pick up perhaps a heavy pot and I'll say, could you show me the correct way to squat, please? Because I know there's, <laughs> a, as I've mentioned earlier, you know, a lot of squatting in this gardening lark. There is. The number of times I've been led out of the garden centre of quite a brisk march by the security man. No idea why, no clue. <laughs> Yes, so we went this week, took the child to the garden centre because I wanted to feel a little bit of what life used to be like when you could just pot around the garden centre. But of course now it's all about one ways and social distancing and stuff like that. So it's actually quite stressful. Oh. And also the cost of plants has gone up a lot. Have they? So a rhododendron of even a reasonable size, like the size of a bunch of bananas, is about 30 <laughs> quid now. The size of a bunch so of bananas. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, I'm not spending 30 quid on a micro plant. So mm. I did treat myself to the smallest rhododendron I have ever seen. It's literally like a cutting and that cost me five quid. But I'm thinking, Ooh, you know, I've got plenty of time, plenty of time for it to grow, develop. And then hopefully I can then resell it on eBay when it's worth about 30 quid. <laughs> Well, we've uh, we've just dug up a huge rhododendron. Oh, for, I could have had that. That could have saved me a lot of money. We're having some building work done, so we had to move it to avoid it being demolished. Climbs up. How do you have a climbing rhododendron? Oh, it's not. Sorry, it's a hydrangea. Oh, I was going to say, you've discovered a brand new breed. It's like the Spider-Man of rhododendrons. <laughs> well, Step when you... back, Jill. That one's climbing. <laughs> when you go past it, it does sometimes move. A bit like Tommy. Who I mentioned earlier. Yeah. A climbing rhododendron. <laughs> yes. Imagine if it wasn't so, even what, in the soil. What, what next? A what ninja. Next? A ninja uh, uh, rhododendron. Uh, yeah. <laughs> going over the rooftop. <laughs> Come back. This is going a bit like the flower pot, men. The rhododendrons <laughs> run away. <laughs> do some good in the community and then pop back at night time and you'd never know they'd gone. Oh, I have to tell you a story. A long time ago when I was doing um, a, a radio show, I had to come up with news stories that would be entertaining for some of the radio show. And on this particular day, the news had been very, very bleak. So it was all plane crashes oh, and gosh. lots of people dying. So it was quite difficult to find funny stories. But I did manage to find this one brilliant story about a lady in London that had a ground floor flat and she had been burgled something ridiculous like 12 times and she'd had enough. She'd had bars in the windows put in, CCTV, alarms, etc. So in the end, she got these really vicious roses and planted the roses outside all of her windows so that anyone that did try and break in would get scratched to little tiny pieces. So she planted the roses and lo and behold, the next day, all of the roses had been stolen. <laughs> Oh, that's so bad. That is awful. Oh, I just thought it was so mean. 
that was, you know, that was just someone's messing with her big time. Yeah. But it yeah. goes to show, you know, going back to the thieves that go around the RHS taking clippings, people can steal your plants. People we don't were think of this. People want our compost. They don't think this is stealing. It's like the people that have brought plants from other places into the UK don't realise they're perhaps bringing little insects and that's why they've got so many pests that shouldn't be here but have been brought in because somebody's wanted don't that. Don't talk about politicians like that. They've <laughs> <laughs> brought in all these pests and who wants them? Do you use any chemicals? No. I no. don't think you should be washing Mother Nature. No. It doesn't seem right. We do we do struggle, as I may have mentioned before. We live in the middle of nowhere, like the Clampets. We're the sorts of house that the taxi driver drives up to as he's texting his family <laughs> to say his goodbyes. I wondered why I'd heard, when I visited you, I hear banjo music. And when we knock on the door, it it's stops absolutely suddenly. right. Yes, as one of us is sat out the front in a rocking chair with a shotgun. <laughs> so we get these ginormous ants. Oh. They are huge. They're red. They bite. Oh. And if there's a nest nearby and they've taken a liking to a plant, they just destroy it. They completely destroy it. So we've got a really nice rose. And as it's starting to flower this lovely springtime, it basically was popping with these lovely flowers, bright pink, and then they're just full of ants. Because oh. the ants are living inside of it. It's horrible. But I can't, you know, I don't think I should really do anything about that because outside no. is where they should be. No, when just... they cross the threshold, that's when I get violent. Occasionally you get these big insects that look like they're filled with some fluid and then you look them up on the internet and find that they were imported and now they're taking over England and they're being found in every county. And they say, if you see one, phone this number to alert us to where the insect is. Yeah. <laughs> so you're there, right? Well, we've got, we've got foreign hornets at the moment, haven't we? Apparently oh. we've got overseas hornets that are coming and eating our bees at the moment. Yeah, yeah. so I've ordered off it's Amazon. It's been keeping me up at night. I've ordered from Amazon one of those loud hailer things. Stand back, everyone, hmm. stand back, as I phone the authorities. <laughs> and wait for the men in white coats to go and take this little insect. I'm worried about these insects you've seen that are full of something. Are you sure they're not like jelly sweets? <laughs> and you're just finding them well, around the house. Yeah, they might be. Is that all those funny insects, Jill? Yeah, Graham, yeah. yeah. They're left over yeah. from the last party, last autumn. You can have some. <laughs> Do you have a favourite plant? Well, not Tommy. I mean, oh, as not in, Tommy. you know. Oh, gosh. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've got loads of favourite plants, but they're all called what I've been forbidden to say. Well, I do like hydrangeas. <laughs> You've mentioned hydrangeas. I do like hydrangeas. And there's wisteria. I, I like a clematis. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. I do like a clematis. I like a bit of honeysuckle. Yeah. I like anything that the bees like at the moment. I'm planting things deliberately to attract bees. We bought a um, a wonderful honeysuckle and planted it in the wrong place. And for years now, it's been struggling. Like for four years, it didn't uh, flower. And then it was about year five, it sort of had about two flowers on it. Whereas the wild honeysuckle, uh, the other side of the garden, it's got 10 million flowers on it. Crawling with bees, really happy scene. Anyway, because of the aforementioned build, we've had to replant it. I've planted it near the successful wild honeysuckle. I've had words. How can you, hang on, hang on. How can you have a wild honeysuckle and a non-wild honeysuckle? It sounds like you have one plant that's covered in tattoos and likes um, riding Harley Davidsons and the other one is prim and proper and a vegan. 
Yeah. What's the difference between the two? Well, one is really strong, muscular, it's got tattoos and rides a Harley-Davidson, and the other one is insipid and uh, won't eat anything. You've mentioned your build a couple of times. Do you want to talk about it? You know, you've dropped that in a few times. I'm not sure if you... You want to talk about it because you're finding it traumatic or you're talking about it because you want to brag about the fact that you've got builders in during lockdown? The build's only just started. It's only a week old. So still in the novelty phase. Well, still at the destruction stage. He's uh, dug out the um, trenches. Mm -hmm. It's amazing how uh, one man can dig trenches so neatly. I mean, he'd be brilliant at gardening, but I think he's gone past gardening. I think he's he probably got his NVQ in super gardening and now he's heading on to much greater things. You're looking, thinking, I wonder if I should say to him, yeah, I enjoyed digging a trench, but he'd straight away see you were lying through your teeth. Now you're the sort that just look at a spade and get taken to A&E. Why don't you clear off and do your weeding? Go and play with your honeysuckle. Yes. What about you? What's your favourite plant? Um, I do love trees. I've always grown up or lived near woodland, so I think there's nothing better than on a sunny day looking up and seeing the tree branches of the sun coming through the tree branches. I think it's absolutely beautiful. Is this the right um, time just to um, remind listeners that your surname is German for, oh, what was it? <laughs> a tree. Oh. I like a tree. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, I love greenery in general. But what's my favourite plant? I love a cherry tree. When cherry oh. trees blossom in the spring, <gasps> it is beautiful. Delightful, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, we used to have Absolutely one around here. gorgeous. A uh, little bullfinch. Mm. Used to love going in this cherry tree. I love to see like a whole bed of purple lavender. Because oh, lavender is right. really, I like smelly things. So I do grow quite a bit of stuff in my garden that I can cook with. So I've got lavender, mint and rosemary at the moment. Okay. I'd like to get a bay tree again, but bay trees I tend to kill. Why? I don't know. I'm not a natural gardener. Plants basically take one look at me and cower. Okay. <laughs> They're like that. Please leave me alone. <laughs> I want to live. I want to live. Have you had therapy for this desire to kill rosemary? <laughs> <laughs> I don't do it on purpose. Well, so I think you think I'm one of these sort that's of... the whole point of therapy. <laughs> oh, you believe you're not doing this, but somewhere in your unconscious. And what happened when you were a small child? That's I think you know. I think they could take you back. See, my daughter's a natural. She's one of these people that could grow anything. She's uh -huh. grown watermelon in the United Kingdom. I mean, what's the odds of that? Whereas me and Chris are much more sort of like we don't like house plants because we can't bear staring at these brown, withering things on the windowsill in the kitchen and just feeling guilty all the time because we just perpetually kill them by accident. We have better luck outside, but not not by much. And what about when you purchase these herbs, the bay leaves and stuff? <laughs> uh, they only last a few days, don't they? They're in a pot on the window ledge. Oh, yeah, yeah. That seems to be ridiculous, but they must make a lot of money out of that. I think a lot of plants are trained... To commit Harry Kerry yeah. after a couple of days, so you've got to buy another one. I think the supermarkets have probably put them in synthetic soil. So it's not actually any, it looks like soil, but it's giving no goodness to the poor plant. It just starves to death. Yeah, and it dies, and so you have to go out and buy another one. Yeah, because Jill bought some herbs from a garden centre, and they lasted for ages. Like normally, the one from the supermarket would be dead in sort of a week, ten days, uh, whereas this mm. was going a, a month or two later. The best we ever did was we went to garden centre and bought some broccoli, some seedlings uh, broccoli. And one year we had nothing. We, we must have done five harvests of broccoli off these plants. It was absolutely brilliant. 
And we'd bought them when they were on sale because they were looking a bit poorly. And so we thought we'd have a go, see if we could revive them. And they just went, and there's nothing better than the flavour of your own broccoli. It tasted amazing. What about people who buy these hanging baskets or make their own? I mean, the number of times I've visited somebody and they've got this glorious display outside, hanging basket, either side of the front door. And I've said to the person, they are fantastic. And they said, oh, I just buy them as if, what sort of idiot are you thinking? I'm going to make those. And then other times I've gone, glorious displays. And you go... Oh, goodness me, we were looking for something like that. How much do they cost you? And they look offended and say, I plant them up each year. And you're like, oh, sorry. To me, hanging baskets are a sign that someone has plenty of free time. Now, hang on, you just said hanging baskets. Because if you come to our house, you will see outside hanging baskets. There's nothing in them. Because about, oh. about 10 years ago, uh, <laughs> we never got round to redoing them. I've done that. I've bought pre made hanging baskets and hung them outside the house where they've died promptly and then the empty hanging baskets sort of sway in the breeze like the gallows at the yeah. other side of the river of london <laughs> for many many months later and then until you finally just go oh god they look so depressing i've got to take them down and bin them yeah if you think about all the stuff that you've bought over the years from garden centers that for, that you've got joy from for maybe two months and then like a year later you shove at the bottom of a skip. When we were in America at Jill, Jill's auntie had one of those gadgets to assist in turning the soil over in your border, a stick that comes down to a handle either side of it, like a scooter, and at the bottom it's got yeah, four yeah. prongs slightly curling round, and the idea is you stick it in the ground, turn it round, stick it somewhere else, turn it round, and it loosens weeds. You can just pick them out easily. I'd never seen one of those before, and Jill's auntie was delighted to find someone who was fascinated to use it. She was having her borders de-weeded, for goodness sake. So when we got back to England, about a year or so later, I saw one of these, and I bought one, and I've, I've not really used it. <laughs> no, I used to have one as well, and I think I used it about three times. Because ah. actually it was easier just to get a shovel and dig up the beds that way. Do you actually empty your beds and then refill them? No, but what I do do is I top them up. So I do top my beds up with topsoil and compost and stuff, because where I live, it used to be not a garden centre, like a growing centre. And when they knocked down the growing centre, they basically just smashed up the buildings and all of the glass from the greenhouses is in the soil. Uh. So I'll take out all the brick bits. And so it's like a constant ongoing annual event. Yeah. You get rid of all the rubble, you get rid of all the glass that's come to the surface, and then I then I top it up with topsoil and compost now just what, to try and improve the soil quality. Now, do you buy your own compost or do you grow your own? Because I've got three compost bins filled with worms and it, just delightful. I mean, you just make tons of compost. It looks just like soil. I don't have space to make my own compost, sadly. One of the tricks is if you fill it up with compost bins, you haven't got any garden left. <laughs> hey, we've had a shortage of compost in this country at the moment. We're short because everybody's composting their gardens. Oh, I should start selling mine and bagging it up and selling it off. You should. You could be a compost millionaire by the end of this lockdown. <laughs> but people don't like worms. I mean, what's that about? Who doesn't like worms? People, hang on. People don't like worms. What a what a, a sweeping statement. Yeah. People, who are these people that don't like worms? We'll get on to sweeping in a minute. Another gardening activity. I noticed you slipped in there. <laughs> now, I'll say to people, would you like to come down the garden and have a look at my worms? And I don't think anybody's ever <laughs> accepted that kind invitation. 
At that point, they go, hello, is that the police? <laughs> <laughs> it says stay alert. I'm flagging this. <laughs> I say, I've got a favourite worm, and you can call him Tommy. Would you like to see him? No. <laughs> no, Jill, no. Jill, they go. No. <laughs> I must go. I'm going out in a minute. <laughs> then you know they're lying. <laughs> <laughs> what about sweeping? I mean, some people have got lawn rakes and they get rid of all the junk on their lawn that way. And other people have got a stiff brush. They say, no, you, you brush your lawn. Who has told you to take a stiff brush to your lawn? That sounds like an insult. That's like saying, well, you, Graham, you can just go and take a stiff brush to your lawn, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, people do. <laughs> No, they don't. No. If you've got a neighbour that you've seen sweeping their lawn, they've got mental health problems. <laughs> <laughs> it's not normal. They're probably out there hoovering it as well. You've got to be careful. Yes. Yeah, that'd be that'd be the one next door, but one. That's right. <laughs> you've seen her. <laughs> and you only know because you can see her through the through the holes in the fence you've had put up. <laughs> well, actually, I had a super-duper hole. I had, I had two, so you could put the binoculars against them. <laughs> <laughs> that makes you a peeping Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> Modern Aged Middle Life was brought to you by Graham Jarvis and Emily Baum. <laughs>